How are you, boys? Holy shit. That's a bright shirt. Thank you. Jeez. Should I go change? Do you want me to go change it? I will. Is it look just ridiculous? You're wow, yeah, no. You're, yeah, you're, it looks you're, so weird. You're glowing right now. Yeah. It's all the it's all the yeah. Go with like a darker color, it's slimming. <laughs> At least that's the rule I go by in life. I think the color of this is nuclear. Nucle- nuclear. Nuclear. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's nuke in my eyeballs. That's for sure. That that's Your not appropriate balls. for polite my society. Fuck you doing? Uh I made my font bigger on my thing. And it still looks terrible, doesn't it? Um what's no, it's, yeah, it's like it looks glowing. I'm yeah, sorry. Nice. That's exactly what it sorry. looks like. Glowing. Yeah. I know you're probably wearing your I'll save it. Well, he's just determined to wear that fucking shirt. Yeah. Go change the shirt. Just this needs to be in here. You must have it. I have you're killing me smalls. Going on here. Who's small? Sure, right. You're killing me smalls. It's from the movie The Sand. Fuck, this is recording. Yeah, it is. Welcome, everybody, to the Stone Down Sports Podcast. My name is Matt. As always, I am joined by these two fellas here, Kyle and Ramey. We have a great show on tap for you today. Lots of things to get into. Uh, but first, let's see what's up with Ramey. How's it going, brother? It's going well. It's been a good week so far. Uh, got some NBA to talk about. A lot of things going on. And we're going to do our division preview of the not-so-exciting AFC South. So I think I've got we've got some good information to talk about. And obviously, it's near and dear to my heart being the division the Indianapolis Colts are in. And I'm going to do our regular pick sixer and our back-in-the-day replay. But I think it's going to be a, a fun discussion, guys. What do you think, Kyle? Um, yeah, I mean, I think Jacksonville ultimately is going to take that division um, handedly. Um, what's so funny? All right. I was just asking how you were. Oh, yeah. I didn't hear that. What did you got? Who you got in the South, Kyle? Great. <laughs> great. Good. Good. Great. Grand. Oh, man. All right. Spoiler alert. Kyle likes the Jaguars. The Jaguars. Okay. Say your question again, I guess, because I just hear what I want to. So I don't How know. are you, Kyle? <laughs> i am good uh i'm very excited actually to come down there to indianapolis next week and uh hang out with you fellas for a minute oh yeah, yeah but... i had no idea no well I'd get, heard. The guest, get the guest bedroom ready because uh i'm coming down watch out ladies of india oh yes Oh, yeah. If you live in the northern Indianapolis Carmel area, watch out. Yeah. yeah. I'll just be the guy at Market District or a restaurant shoveling food in my face. So I'll be easily recognizable. So so, so you'll be the person at a restaurant eating, and that's your well, you know, identification. Probably. You're going to notice it's me because I'll be eating, like, vigorously. You know, yeah. And, and if you ever fist and... And if you ask him a question, he won't be able to answer it. No, so. or it'll be the totally opposite response of what would have been appropriate. Hey, I think it's Kyle from that podcast. How's it going, Kyle? Jaguars. I like the Jaguars. 
Yeah. Yeah. I like the Jags and the AFC South, but uh, no, I'm doing good. Um, do we want to start with the Jaguars or? We can. I mean, or let's do you. They were... At what point in this pot in this segment would you like to get bashed about the Colts by Matt? Oh, I'm, I mean, I could take it anytime. I think that's by... what she said. <laughs> oh, there he goes. There he goes. Warm it up. Oh, yeah, let's talk about Jacksonville. I mean, they won the division last year, um, finished the season with five straight wins to overtake the Titans and uh, win the division in the last week of the season. So even even had a nice comeback, come from behind playoff win at home against the Chargers, which was kind of shocking. I think it was a lot. Yeah, they were down 27 nothing. Yeah. Came Third, back and uh, came back and won. What did, yeah. It was crazy. So Trevor Lawrence took a big step forward with uh, Doug Peterson taking the helm as head coach last year. It's amazing what can happen when you have a legitimate NFL head coach in place uh, running your operation out uh, instead of putting all your hopes and dreams on a fellow from your right. guys' favorite school, the Ohio State University. Yeah, no, the Jags are going to be tough. Yeah, no. um, Trevor Lawrence... Trevor Lawrence uh, should look more comfortable in this offense. Um, second year with Doug Peterson. Like I said, uh, I was asking before, he essentially had two rookie seasons um, with the Urban Meyer disaster, who I, I hate Urban Meyer so, so much. Um, he is one of my most hated coaches for sure. Um, Ooh, Matt, what that's you a little foreshadowing. What do you, yeah, what do you think about the two rookie seasons? Is that like Wires. a born-again virgin? <laughs> Matt, what do you think about the Jags this year? <laughs> what, what is happening? I don't know. I hit something. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know what's going on. Matt, what do you think about the Jags this year? Um, Long story short, I would be floored if they did not win the division. Long story, a little bit longer. Uh, they were smart in the draft. They spent eight of their picks on defense. Um, they brought in Tank Bigsby to compliment Etienne. Um, Etienne's at his best when he's catching the ball out of the backfield. Overall, the skill positions there, they look really good. Ramey, like you said, Trevor Lawrence is improving. Uh, Etienne, they brought in Calvin Ridley to pair up with Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram there at tight end. Uh, that's a, a easily a top 10 uh skill position group in the NFL. They are playing a, a first place schedule this year, so it's going to be a, a little bit more difficult for them than it has been in some years past. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, I did see DraftKings has their win total at nine and a half, and just based on the uh, steaming pile of hot garbage this division is, I'm going to take the over on that. Same. I would, too. I would, too. Sorry, Ramey. I would, uh, I would too. Um, their non con or their non division opponents this year are um kind of tough. Yeah, they play well, they play the AFC North um and the NFC South. So they have uh but the tough games are at home. Chargers, Bengals, Ravens is technically in London, but it's a home game, and Seattle at home. Um their tough non division game is Miami on the road. They have the fifth easiest schedule. Uh, you know, versus yeah. win percentage uh, for 2022, which 
I know. Yeah, Matt. I, mean, I know. Matt doesn't like that. You know, you don't agree with it. Teams change, and I get it. I mean, I, yeah. I. It's not that I don't agree with it. It's more that I think that is something that should be taken as a grain of salt, and not necessarily the gospel. Just because teams change so much season over season. Yeah. I was going to say earlier, do you think it's fair to say that the Jaguars are taking a gamble on Calvin Ridley? That's a high-quality pun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, he hasn't played a game since October of 21. So they're going to, I think I was reading some stuff uh, today, they're just kind of easing him in, and I think that's smart. So I think it could look, by the end of the year, it could look like a really smart pickup. He had a fantastic year the year before he was suspended. Um, with Atlanta, and that was with my former quarterback, Matt Ryan, when, back when he knew how to, you know, play the quarterback position. So I think I think you're right on track, Matt. Their skill position group uh, looks to be top 10, top 8 in the NFL with Trevor Lawrence continuing to develop, to, to develop. I think they will be the leader in the clubhouse at the end of the season. Again, like I said, it's kind of by default just because none of the other three teams in the division are in a position to actually compete. Yeah, they all, they all, all three of them drafted QBs in the first or second round. So, yeah, the competition, like, I, they're, they're going to sweep. Jags are going to sweep. They're going to win all those division games. I'm calling it. It's kind of like when you're at the bar and the lights go on at the end of the night, you're trying to find a girl and you just are slim pickings at that point that's kind of what this division is well you need to be like kind of like conscious and awake while you're trying to pick that girl instead of slouched over the bar like like ramey probably is you'd be surprised what you can get slouched over this (laughs) edge of a bar (laughs) so when's like real slim pickings (laughs) the other top teams in the afc you know the bills um the chefs the Bengals. where do you rank jacksonville out of that group do you think they're fourth? Yeah, I think they're easily fourth, and they're probably behind a couple of teams that aren't going to win their division. Um, teams like the Dolphins, um, potentially the Chargers. I know the Chargers collapsed at Jacksonville in the playoffs, but I think overall they were a better team last year. It's, it's It'll be really interesting to see how their draft picks on defense um, kind of fit in with the scheme that Doug Peterson and his staff have. It's going to come down to defense. They, they're going to be able to score points with anybody, but can they stop anybody? But I think to your point, Matt, yeah, they're of the four potential division winners, they're clearly the weakest. Yeah, this sounds like a scenario to me where just because you're the best-looking waitress at Denny's doesn't mean you're hot. Yeah, they're going to win the division, but is anybody really looking to take them home that night? We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Gross. Denny's is gross. The food's gross. Not a fan. I was, you know, in my twenties or something. It's the only thing open at three thirty in the morning. You know, but ugh, disgusting. Um, moving along, the Tennessee Titans, uh, seven and ten last year, uh, lost their last seven games of the year. Um, my big question on this team is, who the fuck are they going to throw the ball to? I mean, I have Traylon Burks right now is going to be their number one run receiver. I know um, D-Hop is meeting with them this week or um, today even maybe. Um, so we'll see. They need some help there, but they only have about $8 million left in cap space. So he's going to have to take a deal. 
And if he can take less at Tennessee, why don't you just go take less in Kansas City or Buffalo? Yeah. Ramey? I, I agree with you. Um, the The big thing for me is Ryan Tannehill was hurt last year. They lost seven straight. They collapsed down the, end, down the stretch at the end of the year to allow the Jacksonville Jaguars to win that division. I'm, well, fair I, enough. I mean, they had Malik Willis and, and yeah, 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 and, and, Dob, and Dobbs there yeah, in the last couple of games. That's true. I mean, so still, they collapsed. I mean, sure. Uh, so you start the season with a with you assume with Ryan Tannehill. Like, I guess the question I have is, do they ride Tannehill for as long as the season's going well? At what point does Will Levis come in? Or because he was able, they were able to grab him in the second round. Do they plan to basically run it back this year with a limited offensive weaponry and have Levis sit on the bench and watch and plan on him being the starter in 2024? So um, Derrick Henry, another great season last year, 1,538 rushing yards, uh, was 100% as a passer, two for two. Right. Uh, I I know he's been injured, but for it's been pretty amazing that he hasn't been seriously injured. Recently, when's he going to break down after the workload that he's been through over the last three or four years? And if he breaks down, then I think all bets are off. Yeah, yeah I that he's the he's the key to the the offense there. Tannehill is not a game winner. He can manage the game and 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 possibly not lose you the game. But Henry's the key on that offense for sure. Yeah, I could really, um, I could really see them bringing in Levis like maybe around week six or week seven. Uh, the beginning part of their schedule is is pretty rough with with games against the Chargers, the Browns, the Bengals, and the Ravens all in the first five or six weeks. Um, I do think they are fortunate that they have the the best coach in the division, uh, and their run defense at least last year was was pretty damn good. And their defense overall should help to keep them in games but they just don't have the firepower on the offensive end to, to keep up with some teams like Jacksonville uh, or the Bengals. Um, you know, so this, the, the rebuild that needs to happen there could be starting as, as soon as this year. Burks seems like a decent piece. Uh, he was towards the top of the NFL in yards after a uh, catch last year at 4.88. Um They've got a win total of 7.5, and I am confidently taking the under on that this year. I think Will Levis will be in sooner rather than later, and he does give some some athleticism upside, something that Tannehill doesn't offer, uh, but I don't think he's he's ready to start in the NFL at this point, and I don't think the Titans believe that either, and that's why he was a second-round pick. Well, I, I guess I, I do agree with you. I don't think they're going to be as good even this coming year as they were last year. But I would the only question I would have is if it if it does go down the tubes and you have a limited offensive skill set, do you put a rookie quarterback in under those conditions? Are you setting him up to fail? Or do you ride out the season with him just kind of sitting on the bench and learning? And maybe you're maybe you're selective with where you play him and you keep Tannehill as long as he's healthy as your starter and you let Levis develop, and then you go next year, and maybe you look for some wide receivers in free agency or in the draft. There's going to be a lot of wide receiver, good wide receivers in the draft, especially if yeah. the Titans end up in the top 10 with uh, with their record. Yeah, they had a good one in A.J. Brown, but they just they didn't did. want to pay him, and so Traylon Burks became the pick that they got for him, and it's not really working out like I'm sure uh, it was intended to. 
No, but I, again, your quarterbacks Tannehill, your quarterbacks Josh Dobbs, your quarterbacks Malik Willis. I mean, those top three wide receivers. Who was it? Burks, uh, Akine, and Kyle Phillips. I think is their three wide receivers last year. All right. Like, anytime you're starting a wide receiver named Kyle, you know you're in trouble. Yeah, you know you're not good. But they combined for 68 and 900 yards and four touchdowns. So they're not going. I if they don't improve at the wide receiver then I don't bring Will Levis in at all. Because, yeah, you are going to set him up to, to fail, in my opinion. But nobody to throw the ball to. Yeah. They did draft Peter Skronsky from Northwestern with their first pick, so they're hopefully shoring up the offensive line a little bit. It does just seem like they're kind of going to run it, run back what they did last year with a, a run-heavy offense and rely on that defense, like you said, Matt. And it's, yeah, and it's I mean, the last it's, – it's, go ahead. No, oh, I was going to say, I mean, th- they don't have to put it all on Henry. They've got Hassan Haskins. They did bring in Tajay Sharp, so they don't need to give Henry 350 touches. Instead, maybe ask for 250 good rushes out of him this year and, and let the uh, the other two help carry that burden. Yeah, Haskins didn't have enough touches, but I think he had a little bit of a fumble problem, if I remember there for a second. Um, so they just kind of didn't they lost trust in him, but... Uh... So last year of Henry's deal, last year of Tannehill's deal, yeah, I think the Tennessee Titans know they're not going to compete for the division this year, and they're just going to ride this out and start Levis next year. Oh, hopefully, yeah, with a you know a Marvin Harrison type guy or something. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be interesting to see um, how quickly the bottom comes for this team. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely going to jump on the under, same as you on that. Speaking of teams uh, on the bottom. Hey, we still got two more teams. Okay. Oh, oh, we're saving saving the best for last, are we? Yeah, yeah let's I know you're uh, getting excited, Texans. but don't get your panties in a bunch there. All right. The Texans. Oh, Jesus. Uh let's see. Three and thirteen last year. Uh they were three, two, and one in their division games last year. Um, but they were also Zero seven and one at home last year. New a new uh, coaching regime. Lovey Smith out. D'Amico Ryan's in. Former 49ers defense coordinator. Um, former player there for uh, Houston as well. I think he's going to change the culture there, similar to Dan Campbell and, and the Lions. I think he brings that same type of uh, energy. Um, the big addition for them that I like is Robert Woods. I liked him. I had him on my fantasy team a couple years ago, and he got me a ton of points, but. Um, so I like him. Um, I think he's going to be a good safety blanket for, um, CJ Stroud and he's a hell of a blocker too, from what I remember at the Rams, at least in those schemes. So, um, and I believe the Texans OC run some similar offense, uh, to McVay. So it will be interesting to see how he does on that offense. Yeah. I think the, the big story for the Texans this year is, is their gamble in the draft going to pan out or is it going to be a something that blows up in their face. They drafted C.J. Stroud second overall, which makes a lot of sense because they did need a quarterback. They also needed an edge rusher, so they went ahead and traded almost all of the draft capital that they had gained by trading Deshaun Watson along with their first-round pick next year to move back into the into the first round up to third with Arizona, and they drafted Will Anderson Jr. They're going to either look like geniuses if it pans out 
if it doesn't and they're sitting there with the first or second pick next year that they have to trade away where they could potentially draft someone like Drake May or Caleb Williams, they may be going through another um, shuffle in the front office. So I think it comes down to that. I think Will Anderson will 100% definitely work out. CJ Stroud, we'll see. It's a lot easier for, I mean, somebody of Will Anderson's, um, uh, you know, his, his, um, portfolio, so to speak, um, he's going to come in and make an immediate impact and CJ Stroud, it's going to take a minute. It's not going to be anything quick. I think he's a smart kid. Um, he's from Ohio state, so I don't like him in that respect, but, um, Matt, how do you feel about the Texans? Um, personally, I like the move of, of getting back to three and, and taking Will Anderson. Uh, he was a fantastic player at Alabama and, and somebody with an incredibly high floor. Um, they they actually drafted two edges in this draft. They took two wide receivers uh, along with C.J. Stroud. And they've actually got, a when you think about it, a halfway decent QB room with C.J. Stroud, Case Keenum, and Davis Mills. Um, they brought in Dalton Schultz uh, as well to go along with that offense. Their offensive line, they've got two great uh, tackles, Laramie Tunsil and, and Titus yeah. Howard. Um, but the rest of their line is is not necessarily all that great. Uh, we'll see how that works out. It, it seems like they found themselves a, a nice little running back with, with Damian Pierce last year. Uh, so there's, you know, some, some things to be excited about it with the team. Uh, D'Amico Ryans is their fifth head coach in the last four years, uh, and their win total is set at six and a half. I will confidently take the under on that as well. I move you agree, agree under for sure. And they didn't really do anything to shore up the, their inner defensive line, the interior defensive line. They got Sheldon Rankins from, from, um, the jets, but, um, they were the worst, team in uh rushing yards last year given up so at 170 a game i sure hope derrick henry doesn't go there again and run all over him it wouldn't gotta change gotta change though with D'Amico ryan's being there i think i think it'll be a lot different now no knock on lovey smith but i think gonna be a lot different i think i actually think lovey did a pretty good job for the hand he was dealt last year i mean you knew they were in tank mode and they were looking to get a a high draft pick to draft a quarterback. They played hard for Levy um, oh, that yeah, last game, that last game against the the Colts. I mean, they screwed themselves out of the first pick in the draft. So um, by beating the Colts uh, at the at the end, it was a thrilling, meaningless game. But um, they also they also picked up Devin Devin Singletary um, to kind of give some depth to that running back uh, class or room, I would say. So I, yeah. I, I just think it, it, they're focused on the long term. I, I agree with you. The, the win total is going to be under six and a half. It's not going to be close to six and a half. I, I just hope that their moves, actually, I don't hope their moves work out. I hope they suck. Depending on who the third Sometimes. string running back, the, depending on how the third string running back might be there, I'd pick him up in fantasy because what is it? Damian Pearson Singletary, they're hurt pretty frequently. Yeah. And then they've got a, Agumbawale as well. Yeah. Uh, Matt mentioned uh, Dalton Schultz earlier. Um, the best receiver on that team is probably Nico Collins. Yeah. And the, the most athletic. He, he's certainly the most like athletic, it, physical. Isn't John Michi coming off an injury? And yeah, we'll see what, yeah, we'll see what happens with him. What's that? 
He had cancer. Oh, yeah. Don Mechie. Okay. Mechie. I apologize to the Mechie family for calling him John Michi. Michi. Uh, yeah, Nico, somebody I'm thinking about for, you know, flex value this year. Michi. On who. Does that does that sound familiar? Michi, where do I know that from? Yeah, I'm not sure. Hmm. Sounds like an inside joke that Andrew doesn't know about. <laughs> a long time ago, when I was a kid, my folks had a uh, babysitter slash housekeeper, a ja- uh, older Japanese woman, and her name was Mitsuko, but um, her nickname was Michi. And Matt and the guys, you know, always thought that I had a thing for Michi, which I did not because she was, like I said, an old Japanese woman. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I was a minor. So, you know, older the go. berry, the sweeter the juice. Yeah, I don't know about that. But she made some amazing food, man. True. Homemade fried rice. It was always the best. I've always tried to make it like hers. Like It, it never tasted like hers. It's like a fine wine. Um, Just gets better with age. So, Ellen, his formative yes. years. Moving along. We have left the Indianapolis Colts. Our one of our co-hosts here is a huge fan of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, four and twelve last year, they lost their last seven games, I believe. Uh, one four and one in division games. Um, I don't think they had a very good off season. Not at all. They did pick up Anthony Richardson. Is he going to be somebody that's an impact uh, this year? Absolutely not. I don't see it. I say start Minshew and let that guy learn and let him start next year. But they won't. Ursay will get impatient and uh, they'll they'll throw him out there to the Wolves and he'll have a bad experience. Ramey? Gosh, Kyle, I didn't know you could tell the future. I can. Nice. At least when it comes to the Colts. <laughs> <laughs> they are it's all going to... It's like just all my opinion, man. Yeah. They they aren't going to be very good this year. Uh, oh shit! I think they, I think yeah, that's my <laughs> that is my expert analysis. Thanks. All right, have a good next, man. Have a good evening. See you next week. <laughs> so, um, I I'm excited about Shane Steichen. I think he's a really good offensive mind, and if you're gonna have him in the room, you're gonna get his input on who to draft a quarterback. They desperately needed to draft a quarterback rather than going back to the well and trying to find a, a, a free agent basically has been um, retread uh, like they've been doing the last two or three years with first Phillip Rivers, which actually worked out kind of well. They made it to the playoffs and almost beat the Bills in the playoffs. But then they went to Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan, who I I don't know what happened. I know the team wasn't very good, but he was just he, he looked washed up and now he's going to be sitting behind a desk on CBS. So. How about uh, Okarike? The loss on them, not resigning him. He had 151 tackles last year. Yeah, or somewhere uh, close to that. So yeah, he he had a really good year. I'm I'm disappointed that they didn't sign him, but I think with Zaire Franklin um, stepping in and actually breaking the single season record for tackles in a season with the Colts, um, I think he'll be good. Hopefully, you have Shaquille Leonard coming back, but the last I've heard, he's still um, not ready. You're hoping that they're just being very conservative, but with nerve issues, you never know. Um, hopefully it's not one of those where he just kind of lingers around and, and isn't the player that he once was because he he's a turnover machine and he's a he's a game changer on defense. So 
Um, I think Chris Ballard, it comes down to he knows that he couldn't keep what he doing what he was doing and being a mediocre team. And if he did for, for whatever, maybe another one or two years, he would get fired. So I think he saw Anthony Richardson as somebody who could change the game for the Colts. I think he could be a, a Jalen Hurts type. I, I don't know if he could be as good of a passer as Jalen Hurts. He's certainly not as good of a passer in college or, or right now, but I think he knows that there's a lot of potential there. And, and if you're going to get fired for being mediocre, you might as well swing for the fences and hope it turns, turns out well, because if he's a bust, he's going to be fired anyway. So you hope that they, they, they bring back a healthy Jonathan Taylor and, and they supplement those receivers, Alec Pierce and, and Michael Pittman Jr. with uh, Josh Downs in the draft. They also picked up uh, Isaiah McKenzie and uh, Brashard Perryman. I know he has basically been uh, a no-show in whatever team he's on, but you hope that he he comes in and he wants to prove something and, and you you have a, a, a surprising season where you maybe get six or seven wins and you're... You, you have a positive uh, momentum moving forward. Yeah. I, speaking of turnovers last year, their turner, turnover differential was minus 13, worst in the NFL. Um, so they should be due for some positive regression there. Uh, interestingly, or interesting to me, uh, they spent 25% of their cap on their offensive line, which is sixth most in the NFL. And the returns on that investment are not exactly great. Uh, when you're paying a, a shit ton of money to Quentin Nelson at guard, uh, it, it can hamstring you and and look where we're at there with a quarter of their cap. Um, they did draft three tackles uh, this past year pretty late. Um, Pittman and JT are going to be free agents after this season, so this could be a, a make-or-break year for them from the, uh, from the standpoint of do they want to come back? You know, everyone talks about re-signing them. It's a two-way street. You can try, but if they don't want to be here because they can't see a, a future with a possibility to win, then who knows? Um, JT, I, I think he's going to bounce back this year. Uh, last season, uh, even though, you know, he had all the injuries, he was still breaking tackles at, at nearly a 20% clip. Uh, their win total is at six and a half. For me, I think six is the right number, so I will take the under on that, but I'm not saying that with a whole lot of conviction either. Yeah, I know that I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It's it's one of those where if everything goes right and and JT comes back fully healthy, Minshew slash Richardson are able to to have some kind of dynamic offense. I think they could get as high as maybe eight wins. But I think if if things go the way they look to be going, I think they're we're looking at a, like a four or five win team. Um, Michael Pittman Jr., like you said, I this is something I wanted to touch on. Pittman and Jonathan Taylor are both free agents because they were second round picks, so their their rookie contracts are up after this year. I struggle with Michael Pittman and what you do there because he's going to want to be paid like a number one because he is the default number one on the Colts. He is not a number one receiver. He's he's a good number two, I think, on a good team. Maybe it's a, a product of the quarterbacks and the, and the situation that the Colts have been in the last couple of years, but I just don't see him as a guy that's going to be able to go out and get you 1,500 yards 
He last year he had 925 receiving yards and only four touchdowns. The quarterback room was trash last year, so I will yeah. I will give him that. Jonathan Taylor, you you don't pay running backs, so I, I'd be I'll be interested to see what what Ballard and the Colts do with extensions. I could see them maybe franchising Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, that'll cost like ten million. Yeah, but yeah. then you're off the hook. So the the flip side of that is Richardson's going to be on a rookie deal for five years. So now's the time to spend if you're going to spend, but you got to spend wisely. That's typically I know it's not been every year, but teams like the Rams and 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 others have capitalized on rookie quarterback deals by making trades and free agent signings to supplement the roster. So what was was being careful with money like what about the Matt Gay signing? That's the one I'm worried. I, that's the one I didn't understand. You know he was given the largest free agent kicker I contract? Did. I did. Why, why, why do you think they didn't just stay with Chase McLaughlin, who was pretty, actually pretty good last year for you guys after Rodrigo got cut? He did. Um, I think I think they saw their red zone struggles last year and realized they need a kicker that's going to be accurate from 50 on the reg. Um yeah. They're going to be an offense that may be able to move the ball, but I don't know what they're going to look like in the ends, in the red zone. I think if they get to the goal line, it's going to be. I think it'll be really fun to see what Steichen comes up with with Richardson and Taylor. Do do you just basically line up and run like a wing tee or something like that? Like, do you get creative and and really try to punch the ball in and and uh, and maybe change change the game a little bit on the goal line? But to your point, Kyle, and I I digress again. I tend to do that. Uh, I think they just wanted a kicker that they know is going to be solid, and and they went out and paid money for it. Yeah, well, they yeah. Don't, it's, it's it's interesting that that's where they chose to put their money. That's all I'm saying. Especially yeah. when what Ngakwe is still out there, uh, and they're letting him walk. Of course, he's not signed yet, but he was good for them the last couple of year or last year as well. If I'm a Colts fan, I'm I'm very disappointed. Um they didn't do more to try and improve the offensive line. Um, yeah, they drafted three tackles, but I think like one was a sixth rounder and one was a seventh rounder. You're not really expecting much out of them. I I agree with that. And I think it'll be interesting to see what they do in the next couple of years to, to build around Richardson. I think, I think the offensive line, I'll give you that they have underperformed based on what they what the, the amount of money that they made. And I don't agree that you pay, you don't pay a right or a left guard $20 million a season. I think having Richardson and Minshew more mobile quarterbacks, I think that line will look better this year than it did in the last couple of years. Um, particularly last year with Ryan, it was, he was just a statue back there. Like he, he could not move to save his life. And I think the line suffered because of that with a healthy Taylor and a more mobile quarterback. I think that will help the line a little bit. So I do think their defensive line is still pretty sharp with uh, DeForest is still there and um, Quiddy Pay was pretty good for you guys last year as well. So I think that they look good there. Their edge rush needs to take a step up. Um, Quiddy Pay and, and others, but somebody needs to to be a dominant force on the edge because that's that's the NFL today. They can get the push up the middle and their linebacking core is, is good, but especially with the recent... Um, gambling issues with uh, Isaiah Rogers that defensive secondary is going to be thin I'm guessing they wish they had not traded Stefan Gilmore to the Cowboys at this point but um 
they're going to have to get a rush or they're just going to get eaten alive and they're going to lose a lot of games by a lot of points. Kenny Moore is going to be a free agent after next season too. Yeah. So I'm curious. I, um, I'll set the uh, the over under at 55% for Richardson's completion percentage. Where do you go? Personally, I'm going to say zero because I don't think he's going to play this year. I do. I think he'll play. Uh, he'll play. He'll play so, a lot. He'll end up playing way too much. If he plays a lot, it's going to be under 55%. If they're able to manage the situations when they put him in, I could see him being like a 60% passer because they're, he's going to have to get the ball out quick. It's it's definitely going to be a development year. I think he needs to play. I hope they're smart about when and where they play him. I think they're going to get impatient, and I think he is the starting quarterback um, before week six. They come out of the gate. They actually, their their schedule to come out of the gate isn't terrible. It, it, those first five or six games will be telling. If they're if they start Minshew and and they have a decent record, I could see them keeping him in. But if if things go sideways, yeah, I think they'll throw him in early. And I don't think his completion percentage will be above fifty five percent. I think he'll run a lot. Oh yeah, for his for his life. Well, Kyle's gonna go with Jacksonville, Tennessee, Houston, and the Colts finishing last. I'm sorry, Ramey. There is no team that deserves to finish second in this division. <laughs> but I, I, I think the Titans will, just because of their experience and their coaching staff is 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 pretty good. Houston, it's just Jacksonville's gonna win. I I agree. I think Jacksonville's going to win it. I think Tennessee is the second best team in that division, or maybe the third least worst, if that's a thing. Uh, I I think Houston will be third, and Indianapolis will be bringing up the rear in that division. I I struggle as a fan because I want to see my team win, but I think they need one more year of having a top ten ish draft class Marvin Harrison Jr. is out there and there's the nostalgia because his dad played for the Colts they need a stud receiver whether it's him or somebody else they also need a left tackle so um, knowing Ballard if if both are there he'll probably go tackle um, but they need another top pick to be able to supplement that that uh that roster so I think Indy will win four or five games but I also see Houston winning about that as well so I, either one doesn't really matter because they're both going to be terrible. Yeah, they're just, you know, slightly less shitty than Tennessee. Yeah. If JT has a good year, if if JT's having a good year this year, does he get traded? Even if it's last year or not? No. I, do, I don't think so because... In-season trades at, at yeah. skill positions rarely happen because you've got a, a whole new... Um, offense, all new terminology to learn. I mean, it it does happen. McCaffrey got traded in the middle of the year, um, but they also did that to move on from that contract. Uh, Marquez, he's, he's yeah, he's such a good running back. I, they're going to ride with him. I hope that they figure out a way to compensate him that doesn't hamstring the Colts. Where they, I mean, NFL contracts are two years, and then basically, let's see. So I hope that they don't tie him up too long-term or too high of a dollar that's going to hurt them and being able to make some signings when when they should be getting better. Yeah, I mean, 
to me, it, the smart thing to do if they want to keep him around and he's asking for, you know, 15 mil a year, franchise him. Yeah. It, it's going to be, you know, I think uh, the franchise tag this year was around 10 million. Um, it might go up a little bit next year. Uh, but even then, I mean, you can franchise him a second time and it'll be like, you know, 12, 13 million. And that's still less than what he asked for. And you get two years out of it. Franchise tag rule is supposed to give teams and players an opportunity to work towards a long-term deal, but it's more of a fuck you. You're not going anywhere. You can play for us or for nobody at all. Now it's time for the Stone On Sports Podcast Pick Sixer, where we tell you six of our most hated athletes. Kyle, would you like to lead us off with this sure. list of no. most hated athletes? Absolutely. I uh, talked to him, talked about him a few weeks ago. Claude Lemieux, hate him. Uh, that hit on Chris Draper in the 90, 1996 Western Conference Finals. Uh, fucked up Draper's face and uh, you know reconstructive surgery and all that. So I'd say he's he's definitely a, a Detroit sports villain. Um, Nelson Cruz, dude, this guy's a tiger killer. Every time the Detroit Tigers were in a uh, playoff series, this guy would come up big. 2011 in LCS with the Rangers, um, that Grand Slam, just whatever. He's also a piece of shit too, and had a 50 game suspension for substance abuse so i don't i don't they just repeatedly pitched him up and in where yeah. he loves it yep tiger killer um uh, number three brett farvra um you know hate him he's uh in this welfare scam thing with the state of mississippi allegedly, allegedly if you remember he allegedly um his infamous sex to a jets, jets team employee um, and he's still the NFL all-time uh, interstate. Yeah, he was a real dick when he was with the Jets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Good one. <laughs> um, and, yeah, fuck the Packers. Go Lions. Uh, back to baseball, Pablo Sandoval, fat-ass panda third baseman. I fucking can't stand him. Um, I, I, that's, it. that's all I'm going to talk about. Um, he was just a a great player in the 2012 World Series. Uh, switching to basketball, Grayson Allen, guard from Duke, um, plays for the Bucks now. One of the dirtiest players in basketball history, in my opinion. He'd always try and uh, trip people and hip check people, and I don't even think he should be playing basketball. Hate him. And somebody just like him that I also hate, Aaron Kraft, uh, guard from the Ohio State Buckeyes basketball between uh, 10 and 14. Seems like he was there 50 years. I know he was there forever. Um, he is now his basketball skills were shit. Um, he's now a uh, in med- third year medical school is going to be a ear, nose, and throat doctor. And fuck Ohio State, go blue. Ramey, I'm shocked that you knew Aaron Kraft is going to be an ear, nose, and throat doctor. You must really hate him. Yeah, fuck him. I mean, he's going to make more money than me. I mean, whatever. But he's you know I hated him when. Do you think he's going to make more money than you, or do you think he already has made more money than you? Going to. Going to. Okay. Going to. All right. Because I think I think he played pro for over in uh, Europe for a couple of years, and he played on the uh, TB, TBT, the tournament or whatever. 
Oh, yeah. That's not real. Yeah. Okay. All right. My top six. I I know I talked about this with you guys, and I'm not going to do it. I wanted to go Tom Brady. I'm kind of spoiler alert here. I wanted to go Tom Brady six times, but I did my homework, and I've got my top six. My number six is LeBron James, um, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, but just really fucking hated him both in Cleveland and in Miami when he kept my Pacers, who were probably the second best team in the league. Um, from going to the the NBA Finals a couple of times back when they had Paul George and Danny Granger. Uh, number five, interesting in the left, Paul George. Uh, really just a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> wow. This, dude, I, I mean, like him. I mean, forced his way out of Indiana when they could have built around him for years to come as a legitimate superstar. They drafted him. They developed him. Um and he just turned his back on the franchise because he wanted to uh, to play in L.A., which he ultimately got his wish. Quick stop in Oklahoma City. They were able to salvage that trade by uh, getting Victor Oladipo and uh, Domas Sabonis uh, back in that deal. But still, it, it set the Pacers back a few years. So I just uh, just fucking hate him. Um, number number four, Albert Pujols, the machine. Uh, <laughs> as a Cubs fan, just. Just yeah, lit us. See why? You, I could see why you, uh, yeah, would cry I, every time you heard his name. It it does it does make me happy that he chased the money and went to uh went to Los a- the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim or whatever the fuck they're called now and uh <laughs> and it was a was the shell of his former self but that's so typical Cardinals that they got rid of him and they they just kept chugging along but Albert Pujols really just beat the hell out of the Cubs. But every time we played, played into his fifties, yeah. Yeah, he actually had the kind of a career resurgence the last couple of years coming back and playing as a designated hitter in a first baseman for the Cardinals. Again, fuck him. My number three, uh, Purdue Boilermaker, Brian Cardinal. Uh, just epitomized Purdue hatred in the late 90s with his stupid knee pads and his receding hairline. Uh, even even made it into the pros and had a decent pro career, but he was just one of those guys that I'm sure if he were on your team, you love him, but if he's playing on your rival, you love to hate him. So he's my number three. Number two, uh, going into football, Philip Rivers, which is another ironic one. He was a guy uh, outside of my number one that was a big thorn in the side of the Indianapolis Colts every year, it seemed, whenever the Colts had to, had a 13-0 record going or or a nice playoff run, the, the Chargers would come in and and swiftly knock the Colts down a peg and then move on to only miss the heartbreaking kick by Nate Kading or whoever their kicker may be. But Phillip Rivers is just, uh, just a total, just one of those guys you just wanted to punch in the face. So We get it. You hate Phillip Rivers. Okay. Ultimately ends up playing for the Colts and had a decent year, and then he fucking retired to go coach high school football. So he could have redeemed himself, but he – he got out a little early, probably smart, but that leads to my number one. Tom Brady. Fuck Tom Brady. And I know you guys love him. Uh, you're um, live Tom Brady. Jesus Christ. I mean, benefits from a great defensive coach and system. Uh, made a few good throws here and there. Had the best clutch kicker of all time. So you're saying is coach and defense and special teams won him Super Bowls, is what you're and saying. 
and spying and deflating footballs. Uh, you know, the deflate thing was some bullshit, right? You know, there's this thing called science. Yeah. Right? Well, science is uh, the way they tested the those football. Week. The way they tested those footballs were not done uh, following the scientific method. I didn't read that article. I didn't. I read the article where he cheated. Tom Brady's my number one. Fuck him. Matt, what do you got? All right. For my number six, Cal Ripken Jr., shortstop, Baltimore Orioles. Uh, it, growing up as a kid, it seemed like every year he would get the uh, the all-star nod over Alan Trammell, and that would just chap my ass, and then everyone filleted him over his Iron Man streak. But there's no way you can tell me that didn't hurt his team. Piss on Cal Ripken Jr. Number five, Eli Manning. This goober somehow beats the Patriots <laughs> twice in the Super Bowl. Each time there was a, a signature throw to either David Tyree or Mario Manningham. Uh, either way, piss on that. Number four, Dwayne fucking Wade. Uh, the 2006 Eastern Conference Finals, the NBA decided that, all right, he's a superstar now and can do no wrong, so he got every single call that series. Pistons got fisted. They should have won that. They would have beat Dallas. But instead, they got robbed. Uh, <clears throat> number three, Kyle, you mentioned him, Pablo Sandoval. Three home runs in game one of the 2012 World Series. Two of them off JV, one of them off Al Albuquerque, all three of them. What the fuck? Um, but, you know, to his credit, he did uh, did pull off quite the robbery with that contract with the Boston Red Sox. Number two, Andy Pettit. Uh, this HGH popping son of a bitch. All they would ever talk about was, oh, the eyes of Andy Pettit as he peered over his glove. Fuck him. Fuck the Yankees. Just take your shots and go away. Number one, Peyton fucking Manning. This is a dude that makes Stephen A. Smith looks like he has a full head of hair. He is the most annoying person walking the fucking planet. You want to talk about Brady being carried? He didn't have two Hall of Fame receivers, a Hall of Fame running back, and an all-pro tight end to throw to all the goddamn time. Peyton Manning was great in the regular season until it mattered most, especially against the Patriots, where he shriveled like a limp dick. Peyton Manning, frig off. All right, folks, now it's time for our back-in-the-day replay. Kyle, I bet you've got a good one. Ramey, why don't you get us started? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, in the non-World War II department, this week in 1990, <laughs> Nolan Ryan became the oldest player to throw a no-hitter. He actually beat his own record by throwing another no-hitter a year later, but this was his sixth of seven no-hitters. Nolan Ryan was a man's man of a pitcher back in the day. Um, really just took no shit from anybody kind of guy. Uh, amazingly, didn't win any Cy Young awards, even though he ended his career leading and still leads in, in all-time strikeouts. So um, he had, he ended his career with seven no-hitters. Next best was Sandy Koufax with four. Uh, one more fun fact, he actually had 12 one-hitters, which 
I think we're almost at 12-1 hitters. And he bloodied Robin Ventura. Yes, he sure yeah. did. Robin Ventura yeah. got what he got. Yeah, he yeah. he definitely should have won a Cy Young. Definitely in 73 when Jim Palmer won it. Um, Ryan's war was better. He threw more innings. He had over 150 more strikeouts um, than, than uh, Nolan Ryan. He got snubbed. You know who else never won a Cy Young? Cy Young. Well, that seems like that's just not right. No. How does a man get a pitching award named after him and for best pitcher and never never, never won best nope. pitcher? Kyle. What's well, your back? Could there have been a Cy Young award while Cy Young was pitching? No, because they're not going to call it at that. That was... And that, folks, is how <laughs> a joke works. I'm a little slow. Uh, Kyle, what's your back in the Mine play is, this week? Also, I went into the baseball realm. Uh, this week in 1979, the Tigers hire, hired Sparky Anderson. Uh, he was already a two-time World Series winning champion uh, with the Reds in 75 and 76. Uh, he won the World Series in 84 with the Tigers and Manager of the Year in 84 and uh, 87. Um, he's one of two managers that have won World Series in both leagues. Do you guys know the other gentleman? Tony La Russa? That's correct. Tony La Russa with the Athletics and the Cardinals. Um, Sparky Anderson's career wins at 2,194 are still sixth most for a manager in Major League history. Nice. How many bombing losses awesome. did he participate in? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Sparky Anderson never won a Cy Young. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Sparky uh, Anderson looked uh, about 50 years old when he was like 32 coaching with the Padres. Yeah. Well, that's what you know. Three packs of non-filtered will do to you. Yeah. Uh, Matt, how about your back in the day replay? So I am going to step out of the uh, the sports universe here a little bit. Um, oh, yes. bombing run? No, close though. Uh, June seventh or June seventeenth, nineteen seventy-two. Uh, following a seemingly routine burglary, five men were arrested at the National Democratic headquarters. Uh, this happened at the Watergate Complex in Washington, D.C. Little did we know at the time this would have far-reaching ramifications, not because it caused a president of the United States to resign, but here we are, like, 40 years later, 50 years later, and every controversy has gate at the end. Deflate gate. Bounty gate. It was the Watergate Complex. It wasn't the Watergate. Knock it off, idiots. Matt is upset. He has like some real feelings about, you know, an establishment that people um, pay money to rent a, a room from. It is stupid that they throw gate on every. Yeah, it annoys the shit out of me. I noticed she went ahead and used a Patriot to Bounty Gate and Defl Oh, no, Bounty Gate was the uh, Saints. Saints. Yeah, there That's you go. Right. Nice try. He led, he led with Deflate Gate, though. Right. The most, he did the most famous of the sports gates. Right. And which was all just bullshit anyway. <laughs> you know, disproven yeah. by science, but whatever. Yeah. People uh, don't care about science these days anyway. It's just part of the TB12 method. All right. Oh. 
Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. We appreciate you guys uh, coming to hang out with us, although we seriously doubt anyone has really stuck around to this point. Um, please be sure to like and subscribe and and throw something in the comments. Let us know what you thought about this episode or, or many of the other videos that nobody is watching. We also have a, a site on the internet, stonedonsportspodcast.com, that nobody goes to, so please be sure and check that out. <laughs> People have uh, been to it. People have been to it. We've well, like, yeah, 175 visits and, and right. views and stuff. But, All right. Uh, so, you know, some of you have gone to. Uh, a lot of those, some of you, is Kyle checking it. But, you know, fuck it. They all count, right? Um, so, yeah. Until next time. Uh, we will talk to you later. Ramey, Kyle, do you want to say anything? I just really appreciate the 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 tens of you that have stumbled upon the site and uh, the YouTube page and all of the uh, platforms. Seriously, though, those those of you that are listening and, and giving feedback, we really appreciate it. We're going to try to get better each week as we go along. Um, we're enjoying it. And uh, thanks for listening, watching, and, and uh, subscribing. Yeah, we have tens of subscribers now. We're we're past the twenty mark, so we can yes. you know, officially say tens. Tens with the S. Uh, all right. Have a great week, everybody. That'll do it. Until next time, we'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs>